Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. It's uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night again, and it's time for Block Talk Radio, The Catch. And uh, welcome to Keith Giles Week at The Catch. <laughs> that's, that's what I got to call this because uh, Keith was uh, Sunday night uh, filled in for me Um and uh, pastored our online Facebook Live church uh, for me so that I, no one knows this yet, so that I could attend the Angels and the Dodgers for the first game of the Freeway Series. They do this at the end of spring training, the last three games before opening the season, these two L.A. teams play each other, and uh, they've got two games in Anaheim and then one tonight uh, at Dodger Stadium, and then I think Thursday night is uh, uh, opening night for, for probably both of them, and I I got the opportunity to uh, be my friend Marie's guest. Some of you remember Arnold, who uh, we had a great experience with and uh, Marie is Arnold's husband she gets season tickets every year incredible seats and she invited me to the to this and I just could not turn it down and uh, so uh, I had Keith fill in for me Sunday night and uh, in the process found out he has a brand new book out and I thought well let's just Make it Keith Giles week, and uh, we will talk about his new book on Blog Talk Radio. So here we are with our special guest, Keith Giles. Keith, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Oh, John, thank you so much. I am so blessed and thankful and honored. Uh, wow, no one has ever had a Keith Giles week before, so I'm 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 really really <laughs> blessed. Thank you. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, I got a chance to uh, I got a chance to go to church uh, earlier today and uh, watch the video of of your church. That was really fun. And what a what a perfect what a perfect teaching for Grace Turned Outward. I mean, you nailed it. That that is that is what we are all about here. Not just Grace. But grace turned outward, which was your whole point, grace coming into us and then reflected out in, through our lives to others. So that, that's the whole, the full, complete meaning of grace. You can't have one of those without the other. Uh, that was terrific. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I really appreciate that. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was really cool because it's like I said, uh, in, you know, someone had called me just the other day and was really excited that they had noticed that the word, you know, the definition of the word charis and strong concordance was that the divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life and how the, it's both. And uh, so, yeah, it worked yeah. out perfectly. It was like God gave me the message even before you invited me. So it was great. I've always looked at that uh, also, Keith. I've looked at that connection between those two as being if the first if we really understand truly understand grace we are we are flat on our face we we are humbled we are you know mm. we're like like the illustration you gave of the servant uh, who got forgiven everything if we if that happened truly happened to us, there is absolutely no way we can go out and not be gracious to other people. And, and, right. and the fact that that servant, the fact that that servant went and um, you know put the screws on somebody who owed him, said <laughs> he didn't get it. He he didn't get it right. at all. Nope. And uh, no, that's exactly right. So yeah, I love that. So so back to school. Here you go. You know, we, we <laughs> yep, learn try it. it again. Let's start over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was great. Thank you so much for for um, filling in, and uh, and now now we've got a chance to talk about your new book with a very intriguing title: uh, Jesus Unveiled, Forsaking Church as We Know It to Experience. Ecclesia as God intended. So uh, a nice long title that uh, <laughs> kind of tells you tells you almost like uh, you know like you've read the book. You know if you can if yep. you can get through the title. Um, I think we're going to talk about something real here. Uh, I, I, yeah. Before we get started here, maybe, maybe this would be a good jumping off spot. Um, you will like this, Keith. Uh, just this week, I was talking to a good friend. <clears throat> Actually, he was talking to Marty, and I was overhearing the conversation. And he was saying, you guys need a new name. And he said, you know, for your online thing. If you want to get traffic, you've got to have uh, an arresting kind of name. And so... He just, out, off the top of his head, said, I know what you should call it. You should call it churchsucks.com. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, la- I, I laughed just like you did, but I have to tell you, he's probably right. Get an audience. We get an audience, and we might even get the audience we want. <laughs> yes. You know. It's, yeah. uh, so actually jump let's jump off from there. Church sucks. Um why don't you just take the ball right there, Keith, and, and run with it a little bit because I have a feeling that might tie in somehow to your to your new book. <laughs> well, that's that is a great uh you're you're right, that is a great jumping off point. It reminds me actually there's a quote that I use actually reference it in the, in my new book uh, by A.W. Tozer. 
and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase him, but Tozer says something like, anytime we speak of the church, especially in critical terms, we have to stop and remember that we are the church, so we're talking about ourselves. And, um, mm. and so when we say something like church sucks, and I, I resonate totally. I know what that, <laughs> when someone says that, I know what they mean. But what we have to stop and realize is, again, but we're, we are the body of Christ. We're the church. So if it's right. broken, then we have to first of all recognize we own that a little bit, and then we have to then take responsibility for what are the ways we can, can make it better. How can we fix it, right? So I think it's yeah. a, a great first step. It's a great first step to acknowledge, yes, church does suck. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It, it's not accomplishing what it's supposed to. It isn't, it isn't um, that's why, you know, my subtitle of the book is, it's church as we know it, and if church as we know it isn't really something that's reflected in the New Testament. When we read the book of Acts, when we read even just early church history, mm-hmm. what we notice is that the way that they thought of what it meant to come together as, as a body um, is radically different from what we're experiencing today. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of what, what our churches are today is, and I hate to be crude, but a lot of churches today are basically a rock concert with a, a little TED talk at the end. Um, mm. And that's not what we're called Perfect. to be. We're, we're called to be so much more than that, right? Um, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to talk about in the book. So my, my, my background and experience was that I was um, like about 28 years ago when I was still in college. Uh, in fact, the year I got married, um, I was licensed and ordained in the Southern Baptist Church. And ever since I... Ever since then, I was serving on staff at different churches over the years um, and even helped to plant a church in Orange County, Southern California, with some friends of ours. And it was actually a really great experience. This was about 15 years ago. Um, But after doing that for about three and a half years and being involved in church and being on staff at church, by the way, when you're on staff at a church, you, you are aware of things behind the scenes the average person isn't aware of. And um, we're just really yeah. feeling at that, at that point in my life that, that there's got to be more. Essentially, there was an itch that wasn't being scratched by church as I knew it. And um, my wife and I, Wendy and I, felt God calling, uh, tugging us and calling us to start a church. Um, and so we started praying about that and saying, well, if we did start a church, it would be radically different. What would it be like? And we started sort of writing that down and praying about that. And one of the first things God said to us was he wanted us to start a church that gave away 100% of the offering to the poor in the community and didn't keep a dime for itself. Um, and this Ooh. conviction came largely from studying the early church because the early, you know, the first several hundred years of the church, by the way, there was no tithe mandated by the church. Uh, all the offering, we even know this from the book of Acts, all the offering was laid at the apostles' feet and was then distributed to the, the orphan and the widow and the, and the poor among them. So we were excited about that, but then we were sort of like, well, how do we do that? How do you have a church where no one takes a salary and you don't, you know, you, need, you don't even take money for coffee and donuts, much less renting a building and, and paying a staff? So what does that look like? So the more we prayed about that, the more we realized that I would have to get a job in the real world, like an average guy, and we would have to meet mm-hmm. in people's homes, and that way we wouldn't have any rent. And then this way, all the offerings that we had, we could – freely give it and share it to people around us who are in need. And, and I got to tell you, for 11 years, that is exactly what we did. And it is the greatest thing I have ever experienced in my life with the word church on it. It was just phenomenal. We took, we took 
hierarchy out of the equation. We took buildings out of the equation. We took money out of the equation. And it was simply about gathering under the headship of Christ, learning how to love one another and serve one another, and, and how to bless people around us who are in need with the resources that we had. And it was phenomenal. It was, it was so exciting. Wow. And, um, and, and, and a, lot of what, a lot of that experience is in the book. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds really great. Um, and you recently moved, um, uh, right? You're now in Idaho. And did, yep. you, did you do the same thing there? Did you start a church there? Yeah, Wendy and I, um, it's kind of funny because we got here, didn't really know anybody, and, but really felt excited about, you know, let's, let's see if we can start something here and put a couple of dealers out. And the next thing you know, we're, we're meeting with, uh, you know, two other couples and, and a couple of single people, and, and we're doing it. And it's been amazing. It's been, it's been actually so sweet. Uh, we've been loving it. In fact, now we have a second group of people interested enough that we think we could even start a second one. Um, so maybe we're going to start two house churches here. I'm not sure. Wow. Now, do you meet uh, like on Sundays at 11 o'clock or when, when do you meet? <laughs> yeah, well, um, the one that we had in, in Southern California, we did meet on Sunday mornings and on Thursday evenings for quite a long time. Um, the one we're starting in Boise, Idaho, um, uh, so far the couples that are joining us, uh, are attending church somewhere else. Some of them are, some of them aren't, but just to accommodate those that still are, um, we're meeting on Saturday evening. Okay. All right. And about how, just give me an idea about how many do you have coming? Well, at the, at the, for the Boise house church group, again, we've only been meeting maybe like two months. Uh, two or three months. Um, so right now it's me and my wife, Wendy, uh, and two other couples. And so we're about, you know, six or seven people with a few other singles that are coming. So it's a small group. It's not a large group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, give me an idea of what, what, your, what, what would happen on a Sunday night, uh, Saturday night. Um, yeah, and, and that, yeah, that's very key. Yeah, that's very key because what I'm talking about is not um, – a lot of times when people talk about house church, which is kind of what we describe what, we, what we're doing, organic church or simple church or house church, um, a lot of times what ends up happening in those groups is that it, it's basically the same thing that happens in a big building on the corner, only it's happening in your living room. But that's not what we're doing at all. So what, the way we gather together, and this is our, our understanding of really 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we gather together, we only have one head. We only have one senior pastor, and that's Jesus. So we are, we're coming together, and we are intentionally saying to one another, we recognize that Jesus is here because he said he was. He said, if two or more are gathered in my name, he's in the midst. So we are going to begin every meeting acknowledging that Jesus is in the room. He is with us. And we are going to behave the way we would if he was physically standing there, which would be, well, let me tell you, if I was in a room with you, John, and Jesus walked in the room Mm -hmm. and sat down, I I would stop talking to you. (laughs) I would start talking to Jesus. Hey, (laughs) Jesus just walked in the room. And so that's what we do. We we spend time, typically we begin with some silence. um, And that silence is really, it's not to invite Jesus to come. Because, again, we, he's already there. We just need to 
make it make ourselves aware that he's there. So we spend some time in silence waiting on our awareness to kind of kick in that, oh, yeah, that's right, he's here. And then when we speak, again, we speak not to one another. We, we talk directly to Jesus. And so we tell him what we would say to him. You know, we, hey, we love you, and we're so, we're so thankful that you're here, and we thank you for what you've done for us. And we just talk directly to him. And if we sing, we sing to wow. him. If we read a scripture, it's about him. It's all very Jesus-focused. Um, and we'll do that for as long, I mean, as long as possible, sometimes 20 minutes or 15, 20 minutes, maybe longer. Um, and then we might transition into sharing uh, with one another, just like what God has been saying to us during the week and things we're struggling with or things we need prayer about or, or maybe some really exciting thing God just taught us, like I just shared with everyone on the catch about this thing about, uh, about grace, like I would share something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very, it's very relational. Like, again, I'm not the senior pastor. I'm not in charge. I'm not setting an agenda. I'm not setting any sort of a liturgy. We're just showing up, sitting together, waiting, waiting in the Lord's presence, uh, interacting with Jesus together, and then ministering mm-hmm. to one another as the Lord gives us, you know, as, as the Spirit leads. Um, so, so you don't have anyone necessarily preparing a sermon uh, for Saturday no. night? No. Really? But you know what? It's actually, yeah, so it's actually better that way. So here, here's what we do encourage people to do. We, we use the model, I say it's like a potluck, right? So if I invited you and a bunch of people to my house for a potluck, um, if everybody, like if you bring Pop-Tarts and the other guy brings a half-eaten sandwich and the other guy brings an apple, we're going to eat pretty horrible. That's going to be an awful, um, an awful potluck dinner. But if instead, when I invite everybody to the potluck, everybody goes home and says, oh, my gosh, I'm going to try. What's the best thing I can bring, right? My grandmother has this amazing lasagna recipe. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy the ingredients. I'm going to get it ready. The, the day of, I'm going to cook it and put it in the oven so when I pull it out, I can, I can bring it to the house and I can open it up and the, and the aroma will fill, fill the house and everybody will go, oh, I can't wait to dig into that. Well, that's the way we should come together. Like we should be praying during the week. Every one of us, not just me, mm. you know, hey, Lord, we're going to be getting together this week. What can I bring that will be a blessing to my, to my brothers and sisters? So the beautiful thing about this is we don't know what everyone's going to bring when we get together. And yet most of the time what happens is as each person starts sharing whatever it is God has given them to bring to, to, to encourage the body, we do start noticing patterns. Like quite often we'll realize that, you know, what, everything we're talking about, let's say, is about forgiveness. Well, maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to us about forgiveness. Ah, yeah. I know. I know you're. Wow. I know you're meeting outside. So. <laughs> yeah, that was loud. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can hear you. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so, no, that's all right. So, so you know, so we start noticing patterns to the things that people are sharing, uh, and, and we recognize that the Holy Spirit is the one directing us, and then, and so we do pick up on themes. Um, and we recognize, okay, hey, God wants to talk to us about forgiveness because everything people are sharing, again, randomly, not, not by any design, uh, is on a certain theme. And so, yeah, it, by doing it that way, um, each one of us is sort of, and we're really big on this, sort of embracing the idea of the priesthood of all believers, that all of us are, yeah. are like, by the way, if you are in Christ, every single one of us, we are all licensed and ordained by the Holy Spirit into the ministry of the gospel. So, like it or not, you are, yeah. and so we we just try to make room to practice that together. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, what about? But but it would seem to me there would need to be some some teaching, um, especially since people, um, you know, are not familiar with this. They're not. Many of them are not familiar with having that responsibility or having that much uh, uh, to do or to bring or to be aware of their own gifts. Um, how do you convey that? You know, I mean, uh, it would seem oh, yeah. to me that people would have to be almost retaught uh, in some way. Yes. Oh, no, you're right. So let me, yeah, let me explain that. So typically what we do, like when we just started the group here, and we did, this, did the same thing when we started the group in California, uh, we have basically an interest meeting where we invite people who are, you know, kind of curious, what is this house church thing? I, I, think, I think I'm feeling called to do this. So, so in that very first meeting, and maybe the first couple of meetings, um, what, what we do is we set the expectation for everything I just told you. So we explain to them everything about uh-huh. You know, we're coming, we're coming together in the presence of Jesus. Every one of us is a member of the priesthood of all believers. Um, we're all, we're all going to spend time in the Lord's presence. We're also going to all be praying during the week about what we're going to share. Um, and so we do set that expectation for, for everyone for the first meeting. And then, like I said, maybe the, at least the second meeting as well, we might have to remind everybody uh, what this is and what it isn't. It's not a Bible study. It's not, it's not shrinking the church on the corner in, down into my living room. Uh, it is something very different. But, it's, again, I think it's, a, it's very similar to what we see the early church practicing when they came together. It's very similar to what we see in First mm-hmm. Corinthians chapter 12, where each of the members of the body matters. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this model, John, is that everyone in the body understands and recognizes that they are significant. They matter. They are necessary. They're just as necessary as my kidneys are to my body or my liver or my lungs. Right, every part of the body is like an organ in, in the body of Christ, and so no one uh-huh. is superfluous. No one is unnecessary. We need everyone working together uh, under the direction of the Holy Spirit to really fully experience um, the presence of Christ. That sounds great. Wow. Uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think that uh, there's hope for the church? <laughs> yes, I do, and here's why. Because church is church isn't what we're doing. Unfortunately, I think most of the problems with the church in America today is it's too much of what we're trying to do. But the true church, the body of Christ, is not what we're doing. It's what the Spirit of God is doing in His people, and God is still moving in His people, and He's never stopped doing that. And quite often, it's even after he, uh, it's in spite of what we're trying to do, He'll jump in and interrupt and say, "Oh no, here's what I want to do." So. I have no concern at all that the that the church is going to die. Now, I think church church as we know it might change, and uh, we do know that a lot of young people mm-hmm. are leaving traditional churches, and, and trad- yeah. traditional churches, evangelical churches, are getting older and older, and younger people are opting out, and they're the nuns and the duns and all that. But none of that scares me because I know that the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus knows his sheep, and they know his voice. And he's, you know, the, the way we meet and where we meet, that may change, that may uh, alter over time, but I think the, the body of Christ is in very good hands with the Holy Spirit. Do you think that the you know, Holy Spirit can still show up in those big rock concert TED Talk churches? <laughs> yeah, I have experienced that. I really do. And I, I certainly don't want to make my book or even what I'm saying right now to sound like I'm mm-hmm. against that because – 
you know, for the for a long time in my spiritual development, um, it was churches like that that I grew up in, you know, that that uh, that discipled me and mm-hmm. and brought me to a certain point. So I think, you know, God certainly. Here's the thing: in all of those, whether it's a mega church or whether it's a, a rock concert, TED Talk model, or whatever, here or a house church. Here, here's the bottom line: the gospel is preached, lives are transformed, um, the kingdom of God is advancing. And the body of Christ is growing and, and becoming more like Christ. And so I think we can slow that down. We can, um, we can take that on a detour once in a while. But I think ultimately the, the Holy Spirit is going to get us where he wants us to be. Wow. Wow. What do you, uh, what do you hope with your book as it's coming out here in a month or so? Yeah. Well, one of these things where um, – I think in the beginning when I first got involved with house church, I was really excited about it. And I tried to tell everybody, Hey, this is an exciting new thing and everybody should be doing it. And I tried to talk people into something, but then I realized, you know what? No one ever talked me into this. Like (laughs) the Holy spirit had to take me to a place where I was ready and hungry and thirsty. And like I said, there's sort of this itch that wasn't being scratched by my church as I knew it. And then I was ready Mm -hmm. to, to step into something different. So my, my hope for this book Jesus unveiled is that that people who are like that would find this book because that's who I wrote it for. I wrote it for people who are who have maybe been through church as we know it, traditional churches, and and they've reached a point in their spiritual life where that just isn't scratching the itch, and they know there's something more. They believe there's something else. Uh, there's something better, and and uh, my hope is that those people will find this book and realize that it's it's not a dream. That it's very very possible. And I did this for more than a decade, and I'm, and I'm doing it now in another state. And um, it's very, very possible to have very, you know, beautiful, life-giving relationships with other believers and with Christ and to experience sort of this koinonia, this koinonia community that I think has been lost a lot. Um, that's my hope, is that, that, it'll, that this book will find the people who are looking for it or the people looking for it will find this book. Oh, that's great. Um, your, the subtitle is uh, Forsaking Church as We Know It to Experience Ecclesia as God Intended. Um, talk yeah. to us about Ecclesia. What is, that's a big word that we don't, I don't <laughs> think we know what that is. So help us. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things where um, pretty much every time you read in the New Testament, if you're reading your English New Testament and you read the word church, that word is not church. That word is ecclesia, and the ecclesia is a is a common term for basically an assembly. It's just an assembly and a gathering of people. So the ecclesia is the is the gathering and the assembly of the the body of Christ. Um, and it's different than church. I think most of the time when we read the word church, what comes into our mind is either a big building on the corner with a steeple, uh, or it's it's a again it's sort of this thing where there's a pastor, senior pastor, and there's a staff. And um, there's a budget, and it's sort of like a very business model type thing. Where right. again, that has not, that, that looks nothing like uh, what the early church, the ecclesia, looked like in the beginning. And so, my my goal is to sort of like um, give us a new imagination for what that looked like, because I think oh, too often we we read into the New Testament an idea of church that isn't there. But we read in, but we do that because it's the only thing we know. Whenever you say church, well, certain pictures pop into my mind. 
So what, what we don't understand is that none of those, most of those pictures that pop into our mind uh, were not happening uh, in the early church, right? There was no senior pastor of the, of the uh, church in Corinth, for example, yeah. which is the reason why Paul didn't write his letter to dear pastor of the church in Corinth, because there wasn't one. He wrote, uh-huh. to the, he wrote to the church. The entire body, the entire church read that, let that epistle, and they all heard it together, and then uh-huh. they all responded together as, as a group. And, the, and that's true of all the letters, right, all the epistles. They're not written to the senior pastor uh-huh. of the church in Ephesus. They're written to the mm-hmm. body of Christ, the, the ecclesia of all the believers in that city. So, um, again, that's just a different idea of what, what it should look like. Do you, think, do, you think we can get, do you think we can get back to that? Oh, I totally do. No, like I said, I, I, I absolutely think we can. I, I think, though, a lot of it, though, it, we have to unlearn a lot of things. And, again, it has to be something that we desire to move back into. Because, again, many people, my, my, my parents are a good example of this. They go to a mega church in, in El Paso, Texas, and they love it. And so I don't see my parents anytime soon or anyone who's involved in that kind of a church and who loves it and is getting life from it. Um, you know, it's sort of like for them, it isn't broken. So uh, I'm not interested in fixing it for them <laughs> because they're enjoying it. But, yeah. but for people who desire, for people that desire this kind of thing, John, it is absolutely possible. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I can't believe how fast our time has gone. Um, what, uh, what would you, what would you say to uh, just our average catch audience. I think, I think we've got a, my guess is that we've got an audience. We, we call uh, a lot of our people disenfranchised Christians, I think. Um, uh, and, and maybe they are people who have had, some of them have had frustrating experiences with church. Uh, what, what would you say, what would you say in conclusion to them? Um, I mean, how do you how do you even find things like this that that are real, and or do you just yeah. make them happen yourself? Uh, what what would <laughs> yeah. what would you suggest? Well, um, in the time we have, that's a that's a big question. I, I think in general, I would say uh, if you're somebody who's disenfranchised and, and and you're when I'm talking about this, you're getting excited about it then, yeah, pray about it. Maybe the Lord will call you to start something like this, and I'd be glad to help, help you do that. I mean, I'm not the Pope of anything, but I'd be glad to coach you and help you and give you advice if you're interested in starting something like that in your community. Uh, or I would even say go to meetup.com or go, you know, go look on Facebook or you know, look, look in your area and see maybe there already is a group meeting like this in your community and, and check it out. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you'll hate it. They're not all great. Uh, some of them are screwy, so be careful. Um, um, (laughs) but the other thing I would say, I would really caution everybody about, and fortunately this is, this is kind of a problem with house churches, uh, is that a lot of times people who do come into house churches do come in with some hurt and with some pain or with some griping and complaining. And I would just encourage you, please leave that at the door. Don't come into a house church complaining about everything that's wrong and broken with the churches that you left. Instead, leave that, leave that behind and instead come into something with an ex- expectation of something brand new. So in, in your mind, yeah. have a funeral 
for that and bury it and put the gravestone on it and put the flowers on it and leave, let, let it be dead. And now step in, have a yeah. baby shower for the new thing that you're going to do and enjoy that and, and pursue that yeah. without raising this, you know, the corpse of the horrible things that are in your past. So maybe, maybe church sucks.com isn't really the best idea. <laughs> I was I was gonna go buy that I was gonna go buy the URL as soon as we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Well, this is great. This is great. Where do we Where do we find Where do we find your book? If we, uh, you know, it's not gonna be out until what May four. Where do we find it? Yeah, if we want, should be around. Want to find out more about this? Well, it'll. Yeah, so, well, you can, the book will be available on Amazon. My, my other two books with this publisher are also available on Amazon, and, um, but also on Barnes & Noble. You can order it through a Barnes & Noble bookstore. It's, it's through the Ingram system, so you can order it um, at a local Barnes & Noble bookstore. It's also on, you know, it's in print. It's on audiobook. It's on ebook, on Kindle. And um, if you want to, the easiest thing, probably just go to my website, my blog, which is keithgiles.com, and then... Um, yeah, you can you can find links from there. Fantastic. Okay, this sounds yeah, really good. Keith, Keith, uh, thank you for uh, participating in Keith Giles Week. This has been great. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I just love the way you think and um, and the things that you're stepping out in in faith and doing. I think this is very exciting. So uh, thanks for sharing with us tonight. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll have you back again. Oh, thank you so much, John. God bless you, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, yeah, thanks so much. Beautiful. Okay, well, there you go, folks. Um, That sounds pretty exciting to me. And uh, it's uh, just another little over a month we can get this book. I want to get it um, because I think it can help us whatever – church situation we are in right now, it can help us probably focus on that part of it, which is going to be real and going to be necessary and lasting and, and full of the Holy Spirit. So uh, this, is, this is pretty cool. Um, and uh, I, I, hope you'll, I hope you'll stick with us, stick with the catch, come to our church on Sunday night. That's kind of different. And uh, we're having a we're having a great time there online, and uh, kind of church around the world uh, is what's happening there. And uh, I hope I hope you'll come and be a part of that. And uh, maybe we'll even pick up on some of these things that uh, that that Keith has suggested. I I love this idea about um, uh, take some time to just uh, know that Jesus is in the room and talk to Him. Instead of each other I love that So maybe we'll even try that We'll see what we can do Um, Okay This has been really good So uh, Don't miss next uh, Don't miss next Tuesday night We'll keep it going More happening on Block Talk Radio here at the Catch So God bless We'll see you later (laughs) 